0: tuesday afternoon happy election day the opportunity for you to exercise your franchise even if it's a little more boring than well certainly next year's as the free press put it this morning uh, polls are opened and they close at 8 p.m remember if you're in line by eight o'clock you can still vote and you can still register to vote at your local clerk's office today, if needed. And then they say, while the election day won't be as headline-grabbing as next year's, there are still several key city council and mayoral races hanging in the balance. There's a lot of big races to watch in Wayne County, Gross Point Park, Inkster, Livonia, Westland. In Oakland County, Berkeley, Clawson, Ferndale, Madison Heights, Novi, Royal Oak, Troy, and Macomb County, East Point, and Warren. There's a lot going on, and uh, as the Detroit News put it, uh, voters across Metro Detroit set to vote today on a variety of elected official races and ballot proposals. Polls in select communities in Wayne, Oakland, and Macomb counties will be open uh, until 8 o'clock now. Absentee ballots must be returned to the local clerk's office before the polls close to be counted. Among the highest profile races are the elections for the mayor of Warren, Westland, East Point, and Inkster. There are various city and school district millage and bond issues, millage renewals, and other ballot questions. Interesting. Yes, lots going on. And you know who we haven't talked to, Mr. Rieger, is uh, Karen Dumas. I don't think we've talked to her since she started uh, working at the Detroit News and doing opinion pages and stories. And we ought to try to uh, get her booked. There's a couple of other uh, things we need to do. We need to get uh, the uh, Detroit School Superintendent, Nikolai Vitti, back. He's talking about some new funding. Uh, the headline in the Detroit News, Detroit School Chief Urging Radical Changes for State Student Funding. Proposals get mixed reviews from some lawmakers due to costs. And the cost here, the Detroit School Superintendent, Nikolai Vidi, uh, saying the proposal that he's putting forth would require nearly $4.7 billion in new state funding. Now that uh, federal money isn't being thrown around like candy, like they could just print the money, which they have, It's going to be harder and harder to get those kinds of dollars. But anyway, here's what uh, Karen Dumas said. Today is Election Day. For as long as I can remember, I have been registered to vote and voted. Once upon a time, it incited a level of excitement and promise for either continuity or change. Today, it almost feels like just another day, perhaps for many reasons. It seems that the act of voting is all but limited to just that, with no connection or outcome thereafter. Politics and holding office have turned from public service to self-service. And she goes from there. Under the headline, and we don't, when we write commas, we generally don't do our own headlines. There are people that do that and do it well. This headline was, Election Day has lost its luster.
1: Do you feel that way, uh, Rieger? Yeah, I would agree. I think that, um, you know, with all of the uh, voting questions as far as uh, fraud and if your vote counts and the and the people that don't trust it, yeah, I would agree. Hmm.
0: I, th- I have a terrible feeling that a lot of people might feel this way. And I guess we'll know for sure when we see the figures tomorrow as to how many people actually took the time to go vote.
1: I think we'll get a better uh Probably scope of what people are feeling uh, next year.
0: N- you mean next year we'll I have mean, a better feeling? Yeah, I think. That, I think you know, this when, year we're going to see low numbers of voting, which yeah, is but, indicating but, a feeling of right.
1: But with a, but with the big, with the you know, for the president and all that, I think that is going to be that'll be the you know that'll tell the story right there.
0: You might and get what a story. You, you
1: might you might get a snapshot from this, but
0: yeah. Well, we will. I I mean, we'll get a snapshot. We'll find out. Um, My guess ahead of time would be uh, that it's not going to be such a great turnout, but we'll see. Uh, There are some important, as we said earlier, uh, mayoral situations that will affect others and a lot of different things going on. All right. Uh, In uh, national news, Peter Myers is making news. uh, and, And of course, he was on our show as he announced he's entering the Michigan Senate race. That would be then now um, Congressman Mike Rogers, former Detroit Police Chief James Craig, and now Peter Meyer. We've had all three of them on, and I suspect we will have them on again. They all three are pretty good, I think. It'll be interesting to see uh, who the people uh, will go with. I have my own uh, choice based on a much longer-term relationship than I have had with, any of the other candidates, and uh, so uh, I think I made it pretty clear along the way that uh, that Mike Rogers would be my choice at this point, and that's because of the very long-term relationship and friendship, and I, I know and trust him. Also, he worked for this company as a talk show host, and also, frankly, he did my introduction in Chicago. ...at the National Radio Hall of Fame, which I am honored to be a part of and maybe the only broadcaster on the air currently in the area that is active and in that National Radio Hall of Fame. And Mike Rogers did the uh, the introduction for the induction, so I, I just have a, a long-term, stronger relationship with him. I didn't see this one. Several banks in the United States are trying to resolve a processing issue that caused direct deposit delays... Since last week, frustrated customers have reported payment problems at Bank of America, Chase, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo, to name just a few. Did that affect you at all? It
1: did not. Uh, I'm glad it did not.
0: You don't have any uh, auto payments coming in, I guess. No, I for do. People who I mean, have I, Social Security and such.
1: I don't know. I don't think my bank was listed on the list you just gave. Well, this was
0: just to name a few. I do banking at uh, yeah at least one of them there on that list. Um, I have not watched the uh, the Trump trial. Is that something that no nobody's running that constantly? Are they? No. Okay. But I haven't. Were just getting I, reports. I you right, and I see him walk out, and I see him zipper his mouth like he's not supposed to talk, and all of that. It's really it's it's a pretty bad situation all the way around. Uh, for a lot of reasons, don't even need to get into it today marks today's this the right date uh yeah November seventh uh today marks one month since Hamas launched their surprise cross border raids from Gaza uh that was October seventh, killing fourteen hundred in Israel, kidnapping more than two hundred forty hostages uh and that hostage number seems to be higher than that now, doesn't it? Well, seems bit. to me, yeah. Israel is retaliating on Gaza with a constant barrage of airstrikes. Uh, it aims to eliminate the militant group. Well, you can't blame them for wanting to eliminate the militant group that says they're in existence in order to eliminate Israel. That's their in their charter. That's their belief system. But more than 10,000 innocents, or many innocents, have been killed. And you have to take a look at that. I understand that Israel is very upset and should be with the 1400 loss but what are the what are the multiples here at one point or another and the world is slowly in some areas turning on Israel which is mostly unfortunate because they absolutely ignore what Hamas did which was they keep talking about war crimes for Israel. That was a war crime, what Hamas did.
1: And Netanyahu says that he's he planned, that uh, Israel plans to control Gaza after this war is over. Oh, yeah. he's
0: Look, this president, no president probably, although President Trump would say he could, and no president can keep Israel from doing what Israel thinks it needs to do to survive. We know that. But the worst part is Hamas knew that and put all of those Palestinians in harm's way. Hamas did that. They knew exactly what the reaction would be, and they got it. Because all they care about are not the Palestinian people, but how the world could turn on Israel. That's what they were hoping for. It's worked in some respects. And I don't understand why the people who are pro-Palestinian aren't so vehemently anti-Hamas, that brought this upon their people. I just, I don't get it. I do not. All right, we've got lots to talk about. First up, Tanya Powers. on uh, She's in there uh, paying attention as to the uh, former President Trump's uh, trial and all the fireworks. We'll get that update report coming up next here on WJR In Focus. Hey, it's great to have you here, noon to 2, Monday through Friday. And if you can't be here noon to 2, we understand, but you can be with us. There was a little uh, snafu yesterday with our podcast, but that has been straightened out, I'm told. So you can go to thegreatvoice.com at any hour of the day or night and uh, download or just listen to our podcast. You can listen to individual interviews in focus, or you can listen to the whole show. whole show takes like a, an hour and five minutes or something like that. Thegreatvoice.com. com will miss you if you don't check in with us. Meanwhile, of course, the Trump trial always gets attention. He, uh, former president, testified under oath yesterday in the civil fraud case against him and his business. It's a $250 million lawsuit brought by the New York Attorney General's office, alleging that Trump and his co-defendants committed repeated fraud in business practices to get better terms on real estate loans and insurance policies. I said yesterday, you know, folks why in the world do you get a better rate on an insurance policy based on how rich you are or how rich you aren't shouldn't the insurance policy be based on what you're insuring and what it would cost to replace it no matter how much money you have or don't have and by the way why do they do that and how do they get away with that and what does our credit score have to do with how much they should charge us for insurance think about this this uh, trial is bringing a lot of things to light that we don't think about very often, and those are a couple of them. But the person covering this very well, our Fox News correspondent and WJR contributor, Tanya J. Powers, is here right now. Hi, Tanya. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? I am excellent. I hope you're well.
2: Mm-hmm, thank you. Good.
0: So what do you have for us? I I, I, I pick up bits and pieces. Uh, I'm not following it the way maybe some people are following it. Maybe some people are a little tired of all of this, but what do you what do you have for us?
2: Well, first of all, this is, again, the case that was brought, the lawsuit brought by the New York Attorney General's office. This is a civil fraud trial. Um, it is easy to get confused with all the legal stuff going on and the criminal trials. This is the civil fraud trial. That also means this is a bench trial, um, which means there is no jury. It just is it's the judge that makes the decision in this case. Um, that being said, yesterday was the testimony from the former president. Um, he kind of sparred with the judge. He had words about the state attorney general. This is all on the witness stand, by the way.
3: Right. Um,
2: there was, I think, the probably the, the the word that I saw to describe his testimony more often than others was meandering. Um, he kind of got. Off, you know, topic more than a couple of times. As a matter of fact, the judge basically told his lawyer, you're going to have to get control of your client, um, <laughs> you know, because he basically kept kind of speechifying, you know, how he does in a rally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you put a microphone
0: you know, in front of President Trump yeah. and he's going to f- he's going to fill the airspace,
2: which is which is fun. If you're at a rally, apparently, <laughs> if you're giving testimony I don't know of anybody else who would be allowed to do that um, in a courtroom. They they usually keep a pretty tight rein on what you, you know, what you are allowed to do from the witness stand. Um, I think after the break, they had kind of decided that they were just going to see if they could manage him as best they could. And I mean by that, I mean the judge, because again, you know, he's already told the guys, "Hey, look, you're supposed to answer the question. Don't go off to, you know, don't get off into something else." Um, He, you know, like I said, kind of got, there was some testing us back and forth uh, with the judge at at a couple of different points, at least. Um, After that testimony, I think the biggest thing is going to happen tomorrow, which is when Ivanka Trump is is scheduled to testify. Um, The prosecution will be talking to her and presenting questions to her. Then the defense will go ahead and question her so as not to inconvenience her. That is what they their words were about that. Um, they you don't want her to have to come back later is what they're trying to avoid. Even though it, the defense won't get the, the case just yet, um, they're, they're going to go ahead and get their questioning of her out of the way. They're going to start their case next Monday. It sounds like they're probably going to call Donald Trump Jr. and Eric uh, Trump first as their first witnesses. It seems like the defense's, defense's, um, you know, best estimate is that they'll complete their case by December 15th. (laughs) Now, if there are rebuttal witnesses after that from the attorney general's office that they they call, that could take some more time. But we're talking, you know, like between the 15th and Christmas probably um, where this, you know, gets finalized and and gets into the judge's hands. Look.
0: I I have to tell you, we're talking with Tanya J. Powers, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor extraordinaire. Um, You can't blame a guy for being entirely, completely frustrated that he doesn't have a jury to perform to and to talk to and to throw himself at their mercy. He's got a judge and a prosecutor who have long ago proclaimed he's guilty. So it's got to be a bit frustrating to go through all these motions when you realize the guy, the judge, who gets to be the jury, the sentencer, the everything, has already proclaimed Donald Trump, former president, as guilty. As the president uh, put it, he called me a fraud and he didn't know anything about me, end of quote.
2: The, to, to be clear, the attorney general said, requested the bench trial. His lawyers never filed any documents requesting a jury. They didn't ask for one. If his team had asked for a jury, then the judge would have had to have considered both sides' requests. That's why it's up to the judge. So I just, well, That's I just a big mistake.
0: To- that's a big mistake on his attorney's part, but I have to tell you the truth here. Um, I'm afraid Donald Trump has gone through attorneys like uh, like most people go through. I don't know what the expression should be here. But he's had so many different attorneys. Who knows what attorney's paying attention and following through the way they need to. Obviously, they blew that.
2: Uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're, you know, somebody just took their eye off the ball or, or what. I mean, that's a pretty big thing to miss if you're a lawyer. Um, but nonetheless, that is the reason there's not a jury. It's not that they, it's not that he was, you know, he was treated unfairly and they didn't give him a jury. They didn't ask for one. Wow. So I just wanted to I just wanted to put that out there. And no, I'm sure glad you did. Them. I yeah. I'm
0: gl- i did not I really. Uh, I, I had no idea how they decide if there would be or would not be a, a jury. Just did, I just didn't know. I just heard there wasn't one. You know.
2: Well, yeah, right. There's there's not one. Um, it will be interesting to see what what happens in this. As you as you mentioned, you know this uh, if, this could take a while. This could be you know middle of next month before we find out what happens.
0: All righty. Well, I'm glad you're covering it for us. You always do a nice job. Tanya, we'll talk soon.
2: Sure. Thank you.
0: Tanya J. Powers, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor, here with Paul W. in focus. ba do Doop, doop, All righty. It is Election Day. We've reminded you several times you can vote, even if you're in line at 8 o'clock. Everybody who's in line by 8 o'clock still gets to exercise their franchise and though it just doesn't feel like an election day it is an election day and again the polls will remain open until 8 p.m if you're in line you still get to vote with a look at a few of the important issues and races we're going to check in with our wjr senior news analyst marie osborne good afternoon marie
4: Hi, Paul. So there are over 195 ballot proposals across the state on the election calendar today. There are two races, though, that are going to have some far-reaching implications on state politics. These are the ones to keep your eyes on. Democrats are at risk of losing the party's very slim majority in the House of two current representatives, win mayoral races. We're talking about state reps Lori Stone and Kevin Coleman, both Democrats. They're running for mayor in their respective cities, Stones and Warren, Coleman and Westland. Now, if both win, the Democrats would lose their two-seat majority in the House until special elections are held to fill those seats. Among the local ballot proposals to keep an eye on, at least eight relate to marijuana business proposals in three counties. Voters in Birmingham, Rochester, and Kego Harbor will vote on whether to allow cannabis businesses to operate within their cities. There are at least 45 school bond proposals across the state. In Southfield, residents there will pick a new clerk. They're gonna replace the one who resigned over tampering with voting procedures. And in Inkster, voters will decide whether the mayor, Patrick Wimberly, should be reelected. You might remember he's accused by federal authorities of accepting $50,000 from an unnamed party that was looking to buy city owned property. If he's convicted, he faces up to a decade in prison, Paul.
0: This is someone who's running?
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mayor Patrick Wimberly. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, innocent until proven guilty. Um, Correct. uh, there's a lot going on and yet there yeah. doesn't seem to be that electricity in the air when there are so many things that are important and quote unquote up for grabs.
4: Uh these are all really important, um, uh, races, the, the, the ones with the cannabis, it's, I'm just going to point those out. We're talking Birmingham, Rochester, Kego Harbor. If you know those areas, you know they have vibrant uh, downtown areas. People are very concerned about any cannabis businesses going in there. So these are things that really impact people's day-to-day life. But I wonder if, um, you know, the international news that we're all being, you know, that we're all watching so closely out of the Middle East, I think people are pretty, uh, overloaded with information and news these days.
0: Yeah. Um, I just, I, I saw a piece on the news last night of people who, I, I'm sure there are people on both sides of the issue in all of these towns, but this one was happened to be in Rochester, and, you know, they had pictures of all the beautiful mm-hmm. Christmas lights, and it's just, it's gorgeous. And and people, the people who are against the, the introduction of pot shops in their in their downtown area are very serious about it and very concerned um i'm sure there are people on the other side who are very serious about wanting to have the freedom to be able to buy the marijuana there i it's interesting because it seems this it seems late in this argument because you know it, marijuana is legal and uh and it's virtually everywhere i You'd be hard-pressed to find a new billboard that goes up that isn't for one of the pot shops, don't you think?
4: I, I agree wholeheartedly uh with you. And I you know, we we we've talked before about how um actually you there seems in some cities that there are a cannabis shop at at, a, at every corner and often you're just driving down the street and that's what you're smelling. So this is yeah, this is what, here, it's here to stay. I think what a lot of communities are trying to figure out is how do we, um, I don't mean to say control it, but how do we keep a rein on it so that we don't change the, uh, demeanor or the, um, outlook of our communities?
0: Yeah, well put. I, you know, I haven't done that yet. Um, walked or driven somewhere where I, I smell an overwhelming aroma of marijuana, but I hear about it all the time.
4: Oh yes. Yeah. You have you? Oh all the time. I mean we were I, I we were once in the church parking lot and we smelled it as well. So I mean it's everywhere. <laughs> oh I mean, what God. can I say? And oh it wasn't the
3: it was not it the, wasn't the priest of what's
4: happening oh, it now. Wasn't, no.
0: It wasn't the priest. It was, <laughs> no. It wasn't the pastor. Okay, no, well that's good no. news. All right, no. Marie. Thank you as always. Appreciate thank you. you. Marie Osborne, WJR senior news analyst here. On the Focus Show with Paul W. Smith, so good being here with you and welcoming in Jonathan Savage. More on Israel and uh, the rejection, what a surprise, the rejection of the president's request for a pause in the war. That just was never going to happen. I don't, well, we continue on WJR. And in fact, Mitch will join us at about 118 on this very program In advance of his own show, he's got a new book out, and it's called The Little Liar. We'll talk with him about it and where you might pick up a book. Sometimes uh, people like to pick these books up as wonderful holiday presents, and we'll tell you where he's going to be in our area. And then we'll say hi to Dr. Bill Stefani, who is a renowned plastic surgeon, many, many years of experience, board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. He's taking a look at weight loss, and... I think, very much like me, he's concerned about the way people are using certain drugs that, for example, were set up for people with type 2 diabetes. They they can't even get them anymore because Hollywood and others have started using those drugs for weight loss. He has a, a different, and obviously I think he thinks, better way, and I'm all ears. That will be coming up in the next hour as well. Today marks one month since Hamas launched the surprise cross-border Uh, terrorist raids from Gaza on October 7th, killing 1,400 in Israel, kidnapping more than 240 hostages then. Of course, Israel is retaliating on Gaza with a constant barrage of airstrikes as it aims to eliminate the militant group, the same militant group that says it aims to eliminate Israel and all Israelis and all Jews. Now more than 10,000 people have been killed. It is a horrible story. At the moment, looks like no end, but let's check in with Jonathan Savage, Fox News correspondent and WJR contributor. And uh, just bring us up to date on the very latest from your vantage point, Jonathan. Good afternoon.
5: Hi there, Paul. Good afternoon. Yes, what we're hearing um, from the Israeli defense forces is that their their troops are pushing deep into Gaza City uh, in the north of Gaza, that part of the territory where Hamas is entrenched, where it has this network of tunnels and hideouts and bunkers. Um, this is the urban heartland of Hamas. And Israeli uh, troops we're told, are fighting for the first time in decades in the heart of Gaza City. Um, According to a spokesperson, they are killing militants, exposing tunnels and destroying weapons. So this is obviously a very key part of this war, which we are now one month into. It's one month to the day since uh, Hamas militants spilled over out of Gaza into southern Israel, killing more than 1,400 people and taking more than 200 hostages.
0: It is... uh it is horrific. Um, I I don't know when the end will be because you can't tell. The, the Hamas is not wearing a uniform. They're not like an organized army with uniforms and then you take out Hamas. You have no idea who is Hamas and who is just a Palestinian citizen who probably wishes greatly they weren't caught in the middle of this. So I, I don't know how this ends. Um Anytime soon, I do know that our president has asked for a pause in war, which he had to know uh, that that they're not is Israel is not going to do it, and Hamas isn't going to do it. I mean, it could end in a moment if if Hamas did that, but but they aren't, they won't.
5: Sorry, Paul, you're cutting in and out there. Um, uh, You're right to say that that, um, Hamas has seemingly no intention of of giving up and and, and giving in, and Israel has uh, ruled that possibility out as well. No ceasefire, says Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, until every one of the hostages has been released. Uh, Another spokesperson for Israel saying that there was a ceasefire on the 6th of October and it was Hamas who broke that ceasefire. Um, So now Israeli troops are are in what is a very dangerous um, fighting environment. Um, House house street to street fighting with what's thought to be three to four hundred thousand civilians still in gaza mm. city um and of course the uh, hamas soldiers occupying bunkers under the ground popping up um carrying out ambushes is what we we're told the israeli soldiers are expecting
0: yeah and it's and these guys these hamas are going to be popping out of these tunnels forever i mean you you just can't get them And I think they, I believe they're holding off on blowing up all the tunnels because they're pretty certain that we've got a lot of hostages in there. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, nobody knows. But we do know this. Uh, Hamas has been planning on this for a very long time. They knew what Israel's reaction would be, and they knew that they would finally be coming into Gaza. And so they are prepared for that. And those tunnels help them be prepared in a way that... uh, most people have not had to fight a, a battle like that where people are jumping in out of the ground and out of tunnels. And uh, that just makes this go longer and unfortunately makes it more difficult for the civilians that are dying in unbelievable numbers.
5: That's right, Paul. And what Israel say they're doing is they are targeting these tunnels. They're, they're finding them. They're destroying them. Um, also, an interesting line that just come out from the Israeli defense minister, um, they say that the leader of Hamas Um, uh, uh, yaya sinwar has been surrounded in a bunker so it's very unusual for them to tell us they know where he is Um, so that could be a significant development
0: and i'm shocked that he doesn't have a tunnel to get out of there and of course maybe he does we'll find out jonathan keep up the good work we appreciate it thank you so much take care paul jonathan savage fox news correspondent wjr contributor As we continue on this election day, remember the polls are open till eight o'clock. And if you're in line by eight o'clock, you still get to vote. And it's important. It's not, it's not as exciting as next year's election will be, but it's extremely important, especially close to home. So get out and exercise your franchise. Mitch album coming up, weight loss ideas coming up and more in focus on WJR. Well, the sun is uh, back out, at least uh, for the moment, back and forth, forth and back. And uh, I hope you're having a good Tuesday, November 7th, and you can be with us noon to 2, Monday through Friday. Or if you can't be here noon to 2, go to thegreatvoice.com, get the podcast. Yesterday there was a little podcast problem, uh, but uh, I'm told that they were addressing that problem, so you should be just fine. I hope that you are, and I hope that you can be with us every day either live noon to 2 or on the thegreatvoice.com, the podcasts. We miss you when you're not here. It's Election Day 2023, and though it's not uh, terribly exciting, um, I mean, I guess that's one way of putting it, uh, all things considered. It's, uh, I don't know, we had a, we had a story earlier about uh, how it, it just doesn't seem to have the same spark. Uh, or or whatever you want to call it that uh that being able to vote is supposed to have i guess is one way of putting it but marie osborne has gone through all the reasons all the important reasons that we should be voting and there are a lot of them especially in certain communities that are concerned about marijuana either having it or not having it available in their downtown areas and uh There's a couple of uh, a few mayoral races that could, in fact, uh, upset the balance of the Democrats in the House. And uh, so, I mean, these are important issues. Not as important as next year. Obviously, we we understand that. But they're important issues uh, nonetheless. Um, Let's see here. Anything new on the Michigan story that they're they're dealing with? I, there was a um, in the Detroit News. U of M football has to em- embrace the criticism. Um, and didn't the Big Ten contact Michigan and say that they're very soon they're going to um, put put forward some punishments or something? Mm-hmm
1: possibly uh they just let them know that uh, officially that they w- might come down with some sort of um you know uh, p- punishment uh, punishment for um you know but but I don't but I don't know we're not, I did, we're I not didn't sure. I I I I'm under the impression that they they
0: haven't found out the whole story the That's way correct. people have jumped yes. all over this that, that, that the whole story was not out there and, and all I remember is when they first talked about this, they actually said there was no rule in the Big Ten about stealing signals. But then they came up with some story, but if you steal signals with electronic equipment, well, that's a different story. That makes no sense to me at all. You're either stealing signals or you're not. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either everyone does it or no one should. I mean, it's all of that. So when when I see this headline in the sports section, hail to the villains with a question mark, and then it says U of M doesn't have a choice, that's painful. That's just painful to see. As the Big Ten now notifies U of M of potential disciplinary action. For what? I hope they'll explain all of that. And here we have Michigan okay. at a very tough game this Saturday at noon in what I hope is not so happy, not such a happy valley, when Michigan takes on Penn State, which is going to be, I think, a formidable foe in the midst of all of this.
1: Yeah, but then there was a the story that came out last night from AP that came out uh, at like 8 o'clock last night where a former employee at a Big Ten football program said Monday – That it was his job to steal signs, and he was given details from multiple conference schools before his team played Michigan to compile a spreadsheet of play calling signals used by the Wolverines last year. And he spoke with the Associated Press uh, on a condition of anonymity, fearing the disclosures could impact his coaching career. (laughs) So that came out last night. So, yeah,
0: I hadn't seen that
1: The person also passed along screenshots of text messages exchanged with staffers from a handful of big Ten football school of football teams with Michigan giving the program proof that other conference teams were colluding to steal signs from the Wolverines. yeah, we got the impression that that's that's what's
0: been going on
1: so so now you have this out that's the they, maybe it wasn't only Michigan
0: yeah well it's a mess and it's uh, and it's it's a bigger mess because it's michigan it's a bigger mess because michigan is uh, having the best season ever and uh, a guy we both know you and i david abloff was the michigan spokesperson who yesterday confirmed the school has received a formal notification letter from the big 10 the former a formal notification letter what's it say it says you guys have done something wrong, and we're going to have to do something about that. I suppose. I mean, I don't know what it says, but yeah. here you're telling me that last night somebody else admitted they were doing the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Under, only and, o- under only you know not saying who it was though, obviously. So that's what the AP reported last night, eight o'clock. That story came out. So and
0: they were trying to steal Michigan's exactly. exactly. Everybody's trying exactly. to steal everybody's exactly. signals exactly. But I give I give what's his name? What's that uh, crazy coach? Um, Deion Sanders, I give him credit when he said, hey, look, you can have the other team's entire playbook in football. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you know what next play is coming. You still have to stop them.
1: And I agree with you 100% on that.
0: Well, don't agree with me. Agree with him. He's the guy I, who said it. He's the guy him. who played the game.
1: And I agree with Coach Prime 100%. <laughs> Coach you got it, 100%. <laughs> Coach and, Prime you know what's time. interesting about this story? You know who hasn't said anything? Have you mm-hmm. heard anything from... Nick Saban? No. Hmm. Have you heard anything from anybody from the SEC? Any coaches down there in the SEC said anything? No. Hmm. No.
0: I think, Rieger, you're on to something. I think that people who live in glass houses should not be throwing the first stone, or in this case, the fifth or sixth stone. I have a feeling that if this is being done, it's being done by everybody because, again, as Coach Prime said, everybody's looking for an angle to do better. Right. And if it's not against the rules or it's not against the rules, these little sidebars, well, it depends on what equipment you use when you do it. Come on. Give me a break. You steal the signal or you don't steal the signal.
1: I kind of compare it to card counting at the casino. It's fraud upon. It's frowned upon, but, but it 's not illegal exactly
0: but if they catch you doing it, they get rid of you
1: If you read the actual I, I was talking with Chris Renwick earlier today if you he brought up the actual rule, if you read it, the actual rule it is it's got it 's got a little bit of a gray area, so i don 't think they know what to do because it's not it's not anything that 's really specific and if if the if the big Ten commissioner brings down uh, a penalty against Michigan. And then the NCAA finishes their investigation uh, next year, and it turns out that Michigan uh, should not have been penalized. Then what is it? Then Michigan has a right to go and, and, and sue them or something. Uh, I don't. Know. I mean, what, what what happens then? I don't know. It's
0: just uh, it's sad. There's so many things about the NCAA that are sad. So many things. And the college
1: I... football playoff has said, oh, "We're we're 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 not part of this. We're you know we're gonna do we're gonna do our thing. They're not even getting involved."
0: Well, uh, back to uh, uh, that happy win for the Spartans uh, over Nebraska. And, of course, now they've got a very tough game, uh, taking on number one, Ohio State. Uh, they're in Columbus in the horseshoe by the Olentangy River. Night game. As uh, Bob Eufer used to say, the snake pit by <laughs> alongside the Olentangy River. We can only hope that they can have another very good game. That's what we can hope. Anyway, Mitch Album is coming up next. He's got a new book out. Our colleague who's on from 4 to 6 here on WJR is going to be on with us up next here. It's Focus with Paul W. Smith on WJR. Well, a guy you don't get to see enough. Uh, because of our hours being a little different, they're a lot better than they used to be. We're closer now, but uh, host of the Mitch Album Show, 4 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on WJR, author, columnist, talk show host, extraordinaire. He's written movies, he's done a whole bunch of different things, but his book writing always gets attention. And uh, Mitch Album is here. And I, I must tell you, Mitch, I didn't know you had written, I didn't know you had written another book, and when I found out, I said to Dave Rigger, "We've got to get Mitch on the show."
6: Ah, well, thank you for doing that.
0: Well, thank you for writing another book. How's life been otherwise?
6: Life has been very busy. Uh, Haiti, you know, is a monthly thing for me, and constantly has a lot of new challenges. And then you know, coming out with a new book is always a big thing because uh, I, I usually go out on a tour, which I'll be starting this weekend, and that takes me away from Michigan for five weeks or so. And and then we come back. We got the radiothon, the holidays, and all that. So a busy time.
0: Well, I'll tell but you, uh, I'm looking fun. at your schedule. It's nuts, but I guess that's the way it is on a book signing and book promoting schedule but i've never seen it all written down at once like i have it now and i'm going to get our listeners information of about the places that are closest to home and while it, so i don't forget tomorrow we have our women who lead lunch and the idea that ann thomas came up with a long time ago it's just a great thing and i want to thank you personally mitch while i have this chance uh, i want to thank you for providing everyone with a delicious bag of your brown bag popcorn with all the profits going to your say detroit charities Supporting the citizens of Detroit, seniors, working moms, kids, veterans, and those most in need of help. And you can support the cause and send a tin of brown bag popcorn to clients, friends, family this holiday season. They'll deliver anywhere in the USA. All you have to do is go to brownbagpopcorn.com, brownbagpopcorn.com to get started. They also make it real easy for you to coordinate and send larger orders at brownbagpopcorn.com forward slash pledge. And, uh, you can uh, you can get this going and do it in plenty of time for the holiday season in front of us and they're going to help you do big and small orders and uh, Mitch thanks for providing all of the folks You're there welcome. tomorrow some of that uh, great uh, popcorn because it really it happens You're to welcome. be really good
6: um, happy
0: to do it so this book is called The Little Liar what inspired you to write a story about an 11 year old boy, who never told a lie. And when the Nazis invaded his home in Greece, the trustworthy boy is discovered by a German officer who offers him a chance to save his family. All he has to do is convince his fellow Jewish residents to board trains heading toward the east, where there is a promise of jobs and safety, and of course, we know that was a very big lie.
6: Well, I've heard a story like that, not involving a little boy, but involving uh, Jewish people uh, at a museum many years ago, a Holocaust museum. And it always stuck with me that it was just a terrible thing to do, to get people to lie to their own people. And uh, I, I watched the world and become a place where everybody seems to create their own truth now. Everybody picks their own cable news channel, and that's the way they view the world. Everybody picks their own politician. That's the way that they, what they believe. Everybody's separating from one another and creating their own sort of truths. And that's a dangerous thing. And I know because historically it happened not all that long ago. And so I set this story about this little 11 year old boy who, as you said, you know, that he's never told a lie in his life. The Nazis invade his village and uh, they find out that he's this honest kid and everybody trusts him. So they kidnap him and they say, if you want to rejoin your family, All you got to do is just tell people on the train tracks that, you know, get on the trains, they're going to jobs, they're going to good new homes. And that's exactly what the Nazis did. And he does this not knowing that he's lying, thinking that he's doing a good thing. And then on the very last train uh, out, he sees that they're putting his family on it. And he realizes that he's been tricked. And someone says, they're not taking us to jobs, they're taking us to die. And then just before the train goes away, the Nazi officer grabs him and keeps him from getting on it. So he's separated from his family. And from that point forward, he loses the ability to speak the truth. And he can only kind of speak in lies. And like the truth won't come out of his mouth. And he becomes sort of a little pathological liar. But he uses those lies to get to the concentration camp to try to be reunited with his family. He's the only person who's ever tried to get into a concentration camp. And it shows the consequences of that lie for the rest of his life. What it does to him and his family, what it does to the little girl who loves him, who believes in him, and uh, you know how it affects them for years and years after. It follows them for 40 years. So it's 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 a it's a parable about truth and lies, and makes people wonder about the worst lie that they ever told in their life and how far would they go to be forgiven for that lie? As he he tries to be forgiven throughout the course of his life for the lie that he didn't even know he was telling.
0: Yeah, uh, what a story. To be telling people that trusted you to get on that train, not knowing they were being sent to Auschwitz and to right. their certain death, uh, what a powerful story and Mitch, I think this is where you shine the most in a, in a in a parable like this that explores uh, honestly survival, even revenge. And devotion, and it's spread over a 40-year period to see, I guess, in the end, the power of love that yeah. helps overcome the, these tragic circumstances.
6: Well, you know, you, you have to be forgiven for the things that you do, and he becomes, you know, like a recluse. He disappears, changes his name you know, lies, creates a thing and becomes hugely successful. It becomes actually a Hollywood producer, very, you know, secretive and successful. And his brother, who survives the concentration camps, and this girl who loved him when he was a little boy, uh, try to find him for different reasons. His brother, because he wants to take revenge on him, uh, because he blames him for working with the Nazis, and the girl, because she believes he didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, it shows how they eventually find one another and what happens. I don't want to ruin the book, but what happens when they confront one another. But I hope it also makes people think about, you know, as somebody famous once said, a lie told once is easily identified as a lie. A lie told a thousand times becomes the truth. And we're living in a world like that right now. And, you know, for for all the anti-Semitism that's going on in, in, in the country and around the world now, it, I didn't know when this book, would you know, when I wrote it, I wrote it, started two years ago. Had no idea would come out at this time in our lives. But there's a lot of parallels. It's it's a historical novel, so it's inspired by true events, and the characters are fictional. But everything that takes place uh, around it really happened. Yeah. And to see how people started blaming Jews and started just thinking, well, you know, they're they're the problem, or they're at fault, or they have too much, or they have this, and it went from you know, somewhat harmless uh, uh, finger pointing to eventual death. and You know, until Hitler literally took this city where where this little boy lived, which was the only majority Jewish city in all of Europe. Thessalonica, Greece, believe it or not, yeah. actually had a majority Jewish population, and he wiped it out. Just wiped it out. There, there there's nobody left there now. And I went for research and went there, and it's, it's just nobody left. It's just you know little buildings and tombstones and things like that let me
0: let me me tell people where you're going to be because we're going to run out of time and i want to do this the little liar book tour and here's what i know for sure everybody loves getting a book autographed by the author for a present and we're coming into this holiday season and a lot of presents and a lot of people you don't know what to get them this very well might be the gift, and having it signed by Mitch makes it extra special. I can tell you that. So let me just quickly—I can't give them all—but in uh, November 21st, Lake Orion, the Kensington Church on Lapeer Road in in Lake Orion. Uh, November 27th, West Bloomfield Temple Israel on the Walnut Lake Road uh, in Sarnia, Ontario. Four Points uh, Sheraton, uh, Point Edward, Ontario. Uh, in December. Barnes & Noble in Northville at 2 p.m. Uh, Barnes & Noble in Ann Arbor uh, at 4 p.m. So uh, that's both why, why on. Just
6: th- tell, them to, tell them to go to MitchAlbum.com. They can find all of them. Well, Ro- <laughs> Rosie didn't
0: <laughs> Rosie Rosie didn't give me that. He just yeah, gave me just a listing of all the books.
6: <laughs> Com, and I'll tell you what, if they call Shuler Books today, today's the last day. But if they go to ShulerBooks.com, they can actually get an autographed personalized copy next week when it comes out sent right to them because it hasn't come out yet it comes out next tuesday but they have to do it today at shulerbooks.com
0: shuler s-h-u-l-e-r
6: s-c-h-u-l-e-r s-c-h-u-l-e-r
0: S-C-H, okay and then uh, at mitchalbum.com you'll be able to see all these places yeah. i'm foolishly reading through it's like when I used to do school closings, and I used to say, there's only, there's only three schools open. Can't we just say what three schools are open instead of the 300 that are closed? But that's yes. another story, another time in radio. Congratulations, Mitch. Best thank of you, luck. Uh, I, I can guarantee another bestseller for you. Well, thank you, and uh, good to hear your voice even at a different time slot.
6: Thank you to your, your listeners and all my readers out there who are looking forward to The
0: Little Liar, the new book. Mitch Album, uh, host of The Mitch Album Show, 4 to 6 p.m. this afternoon on WJR and every Monday through Friday, and his new book, The Little Liar. I have a feeling this is going to be another big hit for Mitch. We continue on WJR. Once in a while, uh, and I've been pretty lucky about this, you meet very interesting, well accomplished people who happen to be. Just really, really nice. And that goes for Dr. Bill, Stephanie, and his wife, Karen. Uh, they're, they're kind of neighbors of ours. They've been very helpful to us. Once uh, uh, taking stitches out of uh, out of Kim's uh, hand at or leg at the uh, kitchen table. And he is a renowned plastic surgeon, over 20 years of experience, board certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery. He's heard me talk about weight loss and how it's something a lot of us think about, but that I was not particularly pleased to hear how many people are using drugs that were originally set up to be helping people with type 2 diabetes, and then so many people started buying them that didn't have type 2 diabetes and using these drugs incorrectly because it helped them lose weight. But I'm going to let, I'm gonna let uh, Dr. Stephanie tell the whole story. Dr. Bill, uh, always a pleasure. Welcome to FOCUS.
3: Paul, thank you so much for having me on. that's a delight and a pleasure. Who? Uh, is, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I got into this because um, uh, the patient population that I see in my plastic surgery practice, over 50% of the people that came in were on some sort of semglutide or uh, Ozempic-Wagovi, low column is their brand name. And it piqued my interest about a year ago and did a lot of research on it and decided that instead of having them buy it over the Internet where they can run into multiple problems and don't know what they're getting, we would offer this through the office, and it's a compounding pharmacy that we use. So you, it's, that's a little
0: confusing in the last part, a compounding pharmacy, But but who is a candidate then for your help for this weight loss medication?
3: So we only use it on people that are over- 20 pounds overweight from their ideal body mass and are having issues trying to lose weight. But the the catcher is, is that the only reason that we use it is that they have to have a lifestyle change, which includes diet, exercise, and they have to monitor, through my practice, their labs and their nutritional intake.
0: You, and you and you really, look, weight loss is a big deal, and you really should be followed by a doctor
3: true and and the problem is now is you can buy any of these drugs on the internet. they can come from multiple countries in Europe, and people are buying a lot of medications that aren't even fda approved and the only reason that we we use compounding pharmacies ourselves is because the backlog of these pharmaceutical companies on their drug dispensing
0: yeah we've anybody who has diabetes has found their um, one of the pharmacies sent out a note saying hey we can't get these drugs anymore because so many people are getting them that aren't even supposed to be using them so if you're supposed to be using them uh, and you are followed by a doctor this is one way to do it but how long do people stay on this kind of a medication
3: well our hope is to get everyone off by six months and that means. They definitely have to change your lifestyle and, and uh, get involved in a wellness program. Most of the studies, as you probably have read, um, and the results are from the New England Journal and from other, that it takes about 40 weeks, maybe somewhere less than uh, one year, for people to see the realized 30% or 25% weight loss.
0: Is it likely they keep it off?
3: if they don't change their lifestyle, the chances of them putting this weight back on are probably pretty high. And I've had patients in that get it off the internet. They have to stop because of surgery because if you're on one of these medications, you will have delayed gastric emptying and it's a big anesthesia risk. So we need them off of it two to four weeks before surgery. And when they stop, all of them will tell me that they they feel a change in their body. And they have not bought into the lifestyle change, that tells me.
0: And the lifestyle change, uh, which is, in effect, behavioral modification, is the hardest part, but it is necessary. And so even though you can get these things, uh, apparently, uh, uh, Ozempic, Wigovi, all of those things online, which I was shocked to hear, Uh, you can't be taking these things on your own. They are not uh, a safe drug to face without a doctor's assistance. Is that a fair thing to say?
3: Absolutely. I mean, they all have, any drug that you take has adverse effects. And if you're not being watched and being told how to monitor for those adverse effects and then how to treat them, you're going to end up with a problem. And we see that all over the newspapers now that people end up with constipation, nausea, vomiting. Well, a lot of that is that they don't change their diet right off the get-go. They get dehydrated because they're not, they're not following instructions on how to uh, maintain their hydration status when they're on these medications.
0: You know, they're going to lose weight, and it will all vary depending on diet, exercise, lifestyle changes. The benefits include decreased cardiovascular disorders, blood pressure, heart disease, joint pain, depression, even sleep apnea, to mention just a few. Uh, You know, I'm going to bring this up not to offend people, but it just bothers me a little bit that one of these drugs has a uh, uh, an obese woman dancing around thrilled, apparently, that she doesn't have to change her lifestyle, watch her eating, exercise, or anything else because she's got this drug. You know which Paul, one I'm talking about, her dancing around. Oh, she she may as well be saying, I'm so happy I don't need to take <laughs> anything to lose weight or take care of my body because I've got a drug. Oh, my God, it's it's so offensive.
3: Paul, I couldn't agree with you more. And the, the thing is, is I had a discussion with a patient this morning is that she had a gastric sleeve. And I asked her point blank, would you rather have taken the drug or had the sleeve? And she said, well... I would have rather taken the drugs instead of going through surgery and the risk of having, you know, complications from that. So I think there's a place for it, but you need to see a doctor.
0: Where do you? Uh, how do people get in touch with you, doctor?
3: I'm Renaissance Plastic Surgery out in Troy, and our phone number is five eight six seven seven nine thirty thirty.
0: All right, uh, that was fast. Did you say Renaissance Plastic Surgery? Yes, sir. Five eight six seven seven nine. 30, 30, 5, 8, 6, seven seven79 30, 30. Doctor Bill Stephanie and uh, best to your wife Karen. Uh, you're you're nice people, and I'm glad that you're trying to help people kind of get control of this wild wild west uh, edition of these drugs that are out there that people are are taking that maybe shouldn't or certainly need uh, doctors' help in taking them. Appreciate it, Doctor. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. We continue in focus on WJR. Well, more good news uh, with Relentless Positive Radio that we try to do for you Monday through Friday, noon to 2, right here at WJR or on com. Our podcast should be found there. Little snafu yesterday, but it's all fixed, I'm told. So go to com and listen to us every day. Download it. They do the whole show. You can listen to the whole show in like an hour and five minutes or something like that. As we approach Veterans Day, and we do have a special broadcast uh, coming up, let me uh, just go to this. Uh, this coming Friday, which is when Veterans Day is celebrated or observed, um, we'll be at Gather and Grounds at 25709 Van Dyke Avenue in Centerline. We invite you to be there with us noon to two, Gather and Grounds at 25709. Van Dyke Avenue in centerline. That's uh this Friday for Veterans Day. And as we approach Veterans Day, hundreds of Ford dealerships are stepping up to become the new work home of veterans and transitioning military service members in a program where mentorship makes the difference for maybe a potential new career. Paul Peters knows all about it. Paul is the Technical Career Entry Program Coordinator for Ford Motor Company. Paul, welcome to focus on wjr thanks for having me tell me about this uh, this ford veteran careers program absolutely um you know you hit the hell on the
7: head with the uh mentoring being a part of it but i'll, I'll get to that the, the really unique space that this serves is that we need you know um great employees at our dealerships to be technicians and and service ford and we can, Customers' vehicles, and, and that's you know the recipe for success for us. But um, also, you know, there's a lot of, of active military and veterans that have MLSs where they're really positioned well to, to do that job. And the way we're giving back in, in this program is, is making a, a really smooth transition. Um, a lot of veterans will, will tell you, and the ones I speak to that you know have uh, recently or are even approaching their you know discharge, it's, it's a little bit unnerving, and they they don't know what they're going to do often. So Um, This program is is aimed to to serve that.
0: You're giving giving transitioning military service members, veterans, uh, even current members of the National Guard and Reserve an opportunity to complete a 24-month registered apprenticeship that leads to an industry-recognized credential as a Ford Lincoln chassis-certified technician. That's a big deal.
7: It is, and the, the the most exciting part of that is that the training required to get that chassis level certification typically takes three to five years doing our traditional dealer training method. And uh, these these veterans go to a four week academy where they get all that training knocked out at, at once. So it's it's really accelerated and uh, aimed to, to to teach that cu- curriculum. You know, we we actually have two instructors where typical technicians classrooms there's only one. So we, we're setting them up for success as best we can.
0: So I love the fact, I'm not surprised, because dealerships are the best neighbors you can possibly have. If you're lucky to be living near a dealership, you've got a great neighbor there. But 838 dealerships have stepped up and are willing to potentially hire those who have qualified through the Ford Veterans Career Program. That's all in. I mean, that's a lot of people helping people.
7: Absolutely. and. The dealers themselves, you know, they have to make a commitment to not only, you know, bring someone in, but they're they're going to assign them a mentor, and they're going to schedule them for the uh, academy within 90 days when they've kind of, you know, got the lay of the land. And and also, you know, anyone from the military typically doesn't have their own tools. So the dealers are going to help them either, you know, purchase tools or, or provide a, a toolbox that, um, you know, is typically signed over to them at the end of the two-year apprenticeship program. Very cool.
0: A veteran careers program available nationwide to give those with a mechanical background, a fast-track path to a career they're interested in, and with mentoring. You can't really buy that anywhere. This is a fabulous opportunity that Ford Motor Company and their dealers are giving to these very worthy veterans. But we, we haven't given them enough. We can never give them too much. Uh, but we can always give them more, and this is part of the more. Uh, Paul Peters, how do people get more information on this or even sign up?
7: So there's there's information available on the ford Lincoln and Tech's website where they can apply if they're interested, and also overall program information on uh, newfordtech.com. And uh, I did just want to add briefly one thing that uh, – One of the major advantages of this program over anything else that you know people are doing in the industry and companies are doing is that we are registered with the Department of Labor. So um, veterans can apply and use their GI Bill while they're transitioning as well.
0: Well, that's good news, too. I'm glad you got that in there. Thank you so much, Paul Peters. Keep up the good work. Technical Career Entry Program Coordinator. And God bless all of the hardworking men and women, Ford Motor Company, from Bill Ford, Jim Farley, all the way through to the company, to the line as well. Stand by for news and JR Afternoon with Chris Renwick. Going out, make it a great rest of the day on your way to making each and every day count each day as a gift. Regards, Paul W. Smith.